Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 12, 2020. I started to say 2022, 2023. So far, I've done, I haven't slipped on that, but it is Thursday morning for us, afternoon for others. And some of you will be watching it on different um different time zones but welcome to the broadcast whether you see this on a live or at a replay we welcome you please remember to, to like and share and all of these different things um you know we're only on rumble most of you already know that uh, i don't know if we'll ever be back on youtube but maybe when the house when their house gets clean we'll also be back on that but uh, some of you may or may not have heard i may not have said that when they booted us for from youtube which was really an illegal Act. You can't be doing business with somebody and then just destroy their building and, and tear it down. It's not only illegal, it's extremely unethical. It's evil behavior. So, and I'm not ashamed to call it what it is. So um, they know that they've had the power, but they are hurting more and more. The time will come when they'll have to uh, relent and do that. I just don't know how long that will take. So anyway welcome but oh i started to finish what i was saying is once we once youtube was gone and we were back only on rumble our numbers mushroomed and really our viewership now is a greater viewership overall than it was um with youtube now we can't we can't see some of the stats that we could pull up from their um uh software we can't pull up on youtube but the the number of views each video gets down to the last person we have on here are much larger than we were getting on YouTube. So we're very, very happy. We lost nothing uh, when that happened. It was as if it never happened to us. I just wanted to really brag on God about that. That was the Lord's doing is because of the favor he has on this ministry and on you, the viewers, and on us uh, that happened. So, all right, we're going to um, introduce you to the next premiere of, of American Warriors. Uh, and then after spot, we'll come we'll, we'll come back just for a minute and introduce um Nathan French. So uh, let me just read this for you, then they'll run that. So it says, after years of arduous training and becoming a Green Beret operator, doing missions all over the world, David Neradka was used to danger. But no one is really prepared to be a, the direct target of a suicide terrorist. David survived to talk about that experience and much more. This is his story. I knew something wasn't quite right, and uh, as soon as he was out of my peripheral vision, that's when I saw the truck come to our vehicle and, and T-boned our vehicle, and I mean, it just enormous blast. You know, obviously I was knocked out. I mean, it knocked me out cold. Um, and waking up from that and not knowing what's going on is, is really scary. And, you know, feeling the blood, you know, drip from my face and seeing it come off me, you know, pretty flowing out of my head and face. I, that's a scary thing to wake up to. I don't know if you all saw in that um, that one scene where the motorcycle was in the same water 
that the girl was and I, I watched it a couple of times and I thought, what is that motorcycle doing in the water? And then I realized, oh, if you look through the cracks, there was a man behind her washing his dirty, filthy motorcycle off inside the water. The girl was collecting the same water for drinking water. That was what she was going to take home to drink. So that's why the wells are so crucial to give life and life abundantly. We have no idea what we have. So thanks so much, as always, for your very, very, very generous support to, of this ministry and for the people of Uganda. All right, it's time to bring in Nathan French. Here we go. We lost you. You are a lost sheep. Yeah, <laughs> once I was lost, but now I'm now found. I'm found. <laughs> All right. So good to see you. By the way, um, the for the folks watching, you know, you all heard that um, Nathan gave me gave this ministry really that plane, that Cessna, and we appreciate that, Nathan. I really appreciate that. And it's I understand it's flying down. If we we've got all of our ducks in a row, it looks like it might come down next week. We've got yeah. The airport. Amen. Everybody's in agreement. We know where we're going to land. That we know where we're going to park it. So. Thank you so much for that. Now, you didn't actually get to ride in this yet, did you? No, this actually my first flight in the airplane will be coming down to deliver it to you. Wow. Isn't that cool? So it's like, you know, I think God had that in mind because if I got in my first flight and I just loved it so much, it'd be harder (laughs) to give it away. (laughs) That's probably true. You know, I tell you, you are a lesson to me. I have a living, breathing lesson because you did this with, I've seen you do it with boats or or you've talked about it. I don't know how many things you use and then give away, but I think there was one where you gave it away right away. Maybe you, you yeah. used it a few times. So yeah. you have a gift. What would you attribute to the fact that so many people give you so many things? How, what would you, if someone say, how does that happen so often? Well, I think it's just that, I think it's like I look at everything as belonging to him. And so when he asks me for something to flow through me, I'm excited to do it because it's kind of the secret to the increase is just to be in a, a constant state of gratitude where we actually see ourselves as stewards of the kingdom. So we're not losing when we give, we're investing and causing there to be a, a multiplication effect where God begins to press it down and spill it back over. He did say in the word that you reap what you sow, um, he told me it's the same type of substance. So when I would give watches, I got watches. And when I, when I gave you know, I would give coats or suits and I get suits. People give me suits. Really? And I, I don't even really like to wear a suit, but I, I was reaping what I saw. I mean, the same type of thing I would release would come back. So it worked with watches. It worked with lesser things, suits. Um, sometimes I didn't have enough. So I figured, well, if I don't have enough, I can at least get rid of some stuff that I do have and spark some things, you know. And so I would give stuff out of my garage and start blessing people randomly and and just kind of learn to give my way out. And so that's what I did. And I know yeah. it works. And so cars, I, I've been able to do that now with cars and boats wow. and now airplanes. So they, I never given an airplane away. Of course, I, that was the first time I ever had a plane. Yesterday, a lady was, uh, she was asking me something about, she said, well, I don't think pastors and preachers should have airplanes. And then <laughs> okay. I was, I didn't even say anything like for, you know, to defend myself. I just said, you know, I said, well, I have a plane. And and she was kind of had a thing where she was like, they shouldn't have planes. You know what I mean? And then I just kind of chuckled. And my, my friend that was there, he goes, well, you know, he actually uh, he actually just pledged his plane to somebody else. He, he just got it. He hasn't even flown in the first flight. And he's already released the airplane wow, uh, to somebody true. else. We and, just... and, and the lady didn't have anything to say after that. <laughs> as long as I didn't have a plane. 
then she was okay. <laughs> it that's wasn't amazing. okay if I have a plane, but if I gave a plane, yeah, that's okay. But you know, well, you it's know, just the religious spirit. There's something that that's in the human minds. There are there are categories of of people who have different levels of wealth, and there are categories of businesses and ministries, and some of them have larger things to do. I I uh, the Lord caught me up short on that because I used to think negatively about someone that had a plane and this isn't a private jet it's a plane but it's a uh it's a nice plane i mean yeah i mean like you had a brand new engine and a brand new prop and all that so i was saying i was on uh donate clement's uh uh Don, clement yeah. petruska uh-huh. show yesterday and i was telling her that where i first really began to give was when i watched what kim clement did and he kept giving he would get in debt not in debt. He would get in financial, like he didn't have the money for his bills, and he set this his staff to work to give away everything they had. They gave away their entire inventory. That that was that that that's how they made their money. They would sell resources and tapes and CDs and all that. And then yeah. I watched him do it with. Uh, he he took on a ministry in Israel of special needs children. I thought I'm gonna do that someday. He was the first that I really started paying attention to and watching closely. And so we started giving uh, when we started beginning to prosper about a couple of years ago. We've always been givers. My wife and I have always been givers. We got up to 20%. So we still still give away 20%. We have for years Thanks, now. Man. Off the gross, off the top. We don't yeah. net we don't net it out and say, well, this is the really increase. The rest was went to tax. We go off the gross, <laughs> we give 20%. And God just keeps multiplying. So then he started to bless us. So we said, okay, well, now we got to give. So we keep giving more. You know, and I won't say the exact uh, the exact amount, but we've given away hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the last two years. Now it wasn't us; we weren't giving our money; we were giving your money. That, and I, I have the same thing where it passes through us, hold it lightly because it doesn't belong to us, right? That's the thinking. And then yeah. you're the next person after Kim that's really made an impression on me. So I appreciate the the living example. You know, you know, I re- I remember um I remember hearing the Kenneth Copeland was saying something about his first plane was a 182 Cessna, the same one that I have just released to you. So he was talking about how he really loved flying that plane. It was really capable. Uh, He went all over in that plane and he was down in Reading uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. Yeah, it was last week. And he was talking about his Cessna 182 and, and how, you know, the guy that he had, um, you know, released it to, or, or no, actually, I think the guy bought it from him, but uh, Kenneth it really loved that 182. And so he, it's not the 172. It's, it's, a, it's a bigger version, more yeah. capable version can fly longer, higher fuel capacity. There's just advantages to it. Um, but anyway, he's, he wanted that plane uh, again, you know, in his portfolio. So he prayed and he said, Lord, it'd be nice someday to have that uh, plane again or some, something similar, but it had sentimental significance. And so um, I guess he went and, and the guy that wanted to sell it and he said, do you want to, do you want it back? And he goes, Oh, I'd love to be able to get it back. And he bought it back or something. I don't oh. know. But So now he has his original first airplane, the 182. Oh, you know. Of course, he's had many planes since then jets and all this, but I think, uh, I think it's, um, uh, it's interesting to me. Um, how the socialism mindset is everyone should have the same 
everyone should get the same. It's all, you know, it's only fair that we all get, even though not everybody has the same potential, the same capacity, the same diligence, the same work ethic, you know what I mean? So it's like in this world, there's always going to be people who have more and some people who have less. But I believe that one of the secrets to walking in God's grace and abundance is to just be a person that sees it all as is. Remember the rich young ruler? He he walked away sad after Jesus said, go sell everything you have and follow me. Why was he sad? Well, because the Bible says it because he was a very rich man. And the Lord gave me this revelation one time. He says, Nathan, you know why he walked away sad? It wasn't because, you know, it, it wasn't because of why you think. It was actually because he saw himself as a very rich man instead of seeing me as the owner of all the riches entrusted to him. And he said, if he would have seen all of his wealth or, or the things that I had trusted him with, then he would have seen it as mine. And then when I asked him to do something, he wouldn't have actually thought that he was actually losing something, but more investing something to produce an increase of the same substance. And I was just like, oh my goodness, he walked away because he was a very rich man. But if if God asked him to do it and he saw his, his things as the Lord's, he would have lost zero. In fact, in fact, he would have invested and then sparked a release. Supernatural abundance would have come upon him. And so I just love how the Lord has a way of expanding upon our understanding in this area of finance. But I'm, I'm going to be doing an event coming up on kingdom finance because I oh, really? felt like the Lord told me, he says, there's some spirits that need to get dealt with in the body of Christ. The religious spirit's one of them. But he said the spirit of mammon, which is a demon, and, and the spirit of fear, because fear is what promotes withholding, because the enemy wants to steal our increase by getting us to think that we're going to have a limit or a lack or a shortage when truly there isn't one in the kingdom and the way he taught us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. We know in heaven there's streets paved with gold, so it's not like God has a shortage, but it's never meant to be the focus. God is the focus, and the other things when you seek first the kingdom are just added naturally unto us because God wants us to be the lenders and not the borrowers. He wants us to be able to fund the revival. Uh, he wants to transfer the wealth of the wicked and lay it up for the righteous. So there's so many things God is preparing to release into the body of Christ, but I feel like he, certain people are really getting the revelation from the Spirit and starting to understand the ways of the kingdom, so they're not yeah. held up by lesser thinking because His ways are higher. Yeah, you know, man, I, and I mean, we could talk this entire time about <laughs> giving. And I, I just really, really want people to get a hold of this, and, and going into the future, I'm going to talk more and more. You'll be a good person to bring back on with that too, because you're living it. Uh, we've been living it, but you're living it at a I mean, it's the, it's the same principle. You give beyond your normal giving now. Someone else, you uh, if you have larger things being gifted to you, you're giving beyond your normal giving. And don't you, does, isn't there something inside you that wants to give more than you've ever given before? Doesn't it kind of work like that inside? It's kind of fun, Steve. When, when, when I told you about the T-shirt, you know, that was the Lord's thing. He said, Nathan, he goes, I want you to give Steve um, the plane and donate it to his ministry, but do it on the show. And because I, I was like, well, should I do it anonymously? Because I don't want to make light of my, you know, generosity or whatever. I don't want to make it about me. And the Lord said, no, I want you to give it to him on the show wow. during the show. And but but I want you to do it this way. And so he showed me how he wanted me to do it. 
So he said, tell him you have a gift for him and that you're going to give it to him on the show. And then I did tell you that, but you didn't know what it was, had no right. idea what it was. And so the Lord said, first, give him the teacher because it was God's way of making it small so that he could go boom because he loves to see the light on your face when you receive something <laughs> significant and so i, I said well shocked. steve i got this special t-shirt for you and it's the airport where my plane is being stored and i bought this shirt and i'm going to give it to you and um you were like oh wow okay you know and it was funny right and then and you can wear it when, when you're flying in the plane that I'm about to give you. And you're like, Oh, you're, you're going to, Oh, and, you know, and then you kind of like, perked up, like what? <laughs> but that was God's way of being funny because he's funny. He laughs from the throne. He's like, he's having a good time. He's like, he's in a good mood. He sees all the problems and knows all the answers to the, to the challenges in the world. And so I think one of his solutions is to release the, the, the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. So we could go after the masses. He wants the harvest. So he yeah, cares yeah. about the lost and yeah. everywhere we go, you know, we, we shine and we expose the, the, you know, what the enemy tried to do to keep people under it and bring, you know, this revelation that, Hey, we're above and not beneath that we're with him. And that if we've given him all that we are, and he has given us all that he is and all that he has as well. So we walk in this oneness with the Lord where everything's just open and possible. And it's like God's ready, you know, to move yeah. like never before. I was just preaching last weekend at, at our church, the Rock Revival Center. I said, Lord, what do you want to show me? Because I, I sense the Lord wanted to give me a vision. And he goes, he goes, watch this. Because he said, I want you to talk about what people are going to see in 2023. Well, so I, I met with our young adult ministry leader and I said, bro, um, the Lord said he wants me to talk about what we're going to see in 2023. He goes, that's what God told me. I go, really? he told you the same thing. He goes, yeah, he told me to talk about what we're going to see in 2023. I said, I love that. I said, well, here's what I saw. I, I had a vision and I was up at the pulpit. And when I looked, I see this birthing is happening and I'm up at the pulpit like, this is the bride, but it, but I see this birthing of a baby into the audience and it just came out like this and into wow. the audience. And, and it's like, it was a little messy and, you know, but, but it was like, it was clearly a birth. And I said, Lord, what is this? And he said, it's, it's, it's the baby has been born right now. This was last Saturday night. Okay. We've been having revival and it, just, it keeps intensifying. The glory of God's huge. It's pouring out like the spirit is pouring out on all flesh. We're seeing this, but this baby being birthed, it was like a new intensity in the spirit. And, and I said, what's the baby called? He said, it's called awakening, awakening. Wow. So he's like the baby of awakening has just been birthed and has passed the birth canal, has come into the house of the Lord. And so where there's people in the world that are sensitive to the leading of the Spirit, maybe they've been in labor, They've some of them been praying and travailing and even fasting and, and just going after God in the secret place, sometimes collectively or intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but just going after God from a position of hunger and God, have your way, do what you want to do. And uh, there's this baby of awakening. I believe it's for America. Like God wants to, not just in our nation, but every nation, God wants to awaken. And so we've been talking about the third great awakening. We've been talking about what this is going to look like. And my goodness, I've been thinking about like, we don't want more programs. We want 
more presence. And when you get to where you just hunger and desire intimately and personally to be closer and closer to God, and as you begin to press into him, man, you start to just become one with him and you start seeing what he sees, hearing what he says. And it's just like opening a gate and the river of life just flows. I mean, I'm excited about it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So cool. Wow, Nathan. Really, really good. Yeah, I wanted to hear about that. So you're saying, you you know, I have on my notes, you said the veil is thin. So how does that relate uh, to where we're going in 23? What do you mean the veil is thin? Some people have said, well, that is, what does that mean? A veil? You have a veil. Well, the what? veil... The- the veil was like they, you know, put it over um, the face. You remember even Moses, when he came off the mountain, when the glory was departed, it was departing from Moses. After he came off the mountain, it started to be where he started getting back into the group and rubbing shoulders with people and all this stuff. And, and uh, the glory that shone upon him, he was trying to hide the fact that the glory departed. Well, on the other hand of this, it's almost like, you know, the glory of God is actually intensifying, is is increasing. So when we say the the veil is thin, it's like the barrier between us and God. Sin sin separates people from God, um, but God's so good to woo us back into His righteousness and and living holy and rightly before Him. And the sense that I had was He was just saying, as He's pressing in. Uh, to us, from us pressing in towards him, as we're seeking first the kingdom, you know, and his righteousness, all the other things are being added because he is the giver of every good thing. And there's no greater gift than just to be in right standing with God and to know that God is standing right with you. It's like, man, I'm right with him. So he's right with me. I sought him first and he pursued me. You know, uh, he said he's knocking. So he's asking everybody, like, let me in. And not just let me in and say a prayer and, and be saved. That's where it starts. But learning to yield to him more and more as this veil is thinning, it's like intimacy is becoming not only more essential, but it's becoming easier to enter into it. It's like in the old days, there was a period of time, like 400 years where God just was, it was kind of silent. Remember that? Ooh, and yeah. and then all of a sudden people started hearing God. Certain people would just start hearing God. And we know there's different uh, graces, you know, the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher uh, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Those offices are different and unique. Um, the apostles usually sent one, just somebody who establishes, usually apostles will start ministries, start churches from scratch. Uh, most people that didn't have an apostolic anointing or call uh, or mantle to carry that out would never try to do it because it would fail. Uh, but he builds the church first on apostles, then prophets. Why? Because apostles and prophets, it, that's the foundation he said he would build upon. And unfortunately, a lot of churches today are not built on the foundation that God set up. They're built on more of a, um, almost like a business perspective, but not mm. really carrying, there's like a missing piece, which is the order that is established in the body of Christ through apostles and prophets. But apostles uh, oftentimes are, you know, big picture thinkers. They're not going to have empathy and compassion because then they're feeling everything and they have to almost be a little more thick skinned like a rhino in order to battle through some of the strongholds that try to prevent this proper establishment and order in the body of Christ. Evangelists are called to go after the masses. So you got those five fingers and here you got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, ring finger, pastor, that's covenant. Little finger, teacher, need the teachers. So you got apostle kind of touches all of them. 
But the prophet points to the way of the Lord. Like, this is what the Lord says. This is what God is doing. This is what the Lord wants. And they're pointing to God and trying to get people off of their focusing on lesser things and get them back to what it's really about. This is what the Lord says. Here's the word of the Lord. So the prophet office is unique. Um, the apostle office is unique. The evangelist is like, that's the biggest finger, um, you know, reaching out the farthest into the nation's evangelists. Many evangelists are actually pastoring. And uh, so the evangelists, they're called to go out and actually help build the church. So pastors and evangelists in this new year, in 2023, I see pastors and evangelists actually beginning to partner together oh, wow. and coming up with an agreement that would edify each other. Is if pastors that are, especially the CEO type pastors, um, that are kind of, um, you know, needing the evangelist, but they, unfortunately, because the evangelist carries a gathering anointing, they oftentimes are seen as a threat uh, with the shepherds because they're worried about losing their sheep. And because they, they kind of have this mentality, these are our people, our sheep, and they're not, I mean, they all belong to the Lord, right? <laughs> it's like, well, but hey, Nathan, on that point, don't, don't uh, pastors and evangelists equally contend for their own sheep they it's not just the pastor saying it the evangelist kind of say hey these are my sheep don't they both fall into that a little bit well i think that usually an evangelist is more uh, strategically trying to bring people to Christ initially to establish the connection with Christ, and then they move on to go get more people saved. A mm -hmm. pastor doesn't think that way. They think more shepherdly, like, hey, we're going to care for them and nurture and, and protect them from the right. wolves. And we're going to, you know, care for them, develop them, you know, feed them, uh, defend them, uh, you know, uh, nurture and, and develop. That's the pastor heart. So okay. they're different. And so, it, but anyway, the point I think God is making is in 2023, what I see is, and we've heard this before, I, I'm sure, but is the restoration of the functioning fivefold ministry. This is on the heart of God to do in this new year is to bring apostles and prophets together to launch things that are kingdom, uh, but not just to launch things because we think it's a good idea or because we think we carry an anointing or because we have a vision that, you know, we, we think, well, we got to carry this vision. It has to be it has to be something that is sensitively uh, developed by the Holy Spirit. So it really has his heart because some things start out good and they have his heart and then they start to move away from what God really wants. So people have leaders have to be especially in 2023, be real sensitive because a lot of new things are going to emerge and it will be incredible to watch. Watch the apostles and prophets start to come together. Evangelists will start filling and stocking the ponds because all the people who get saved, um, they're going to need to come to a good church where the, where the spirit of God is is yeah. able to actually move. And that's it. Yeah. And then the pastor, the covenant, the pastor is going to be in covenant with the sheep and they have a different kind of grace. Like a teacher doesn't have patience to talk to people who don't have understanding. They're not stimulated by people who are not very smart. Uh, a teacher usually it does, uh, doesn't want to talk to the people. They want to get out of there. They come, they teach, then they get out of there. A, a pastor, though, will want to sit and, and talk with the sheep and connect with them and, and find out where their pain is. So the pastor grace is different than the teacher. And unfortunately, Steve, a whole bunch of uh, teaching pastors are actually the pastor of a church, but they don't have any grace for the 
for the, for the pastoral. They're, they're graced for the teaching part. And that's why you see them want to disappear and escape from the crowd at the end of the service. So that this is something God's solidifying is, is the restoration of the fivefold ministry for the purpose of equipping the saints so that we can all mature in, in, in the fullness of God. That's good. That's so good. I, there's so many questions I have. I'm not sure where to go. Um, <laughs> I think we, most people grabbed that and got that, but you, and you said that there's going to be new things coming along. And of course, the one thing you talked about, I feel like the most is evangelists and pastors working together. Um, yeah, that's there a anything, big deal. That's a huge deal because they tend to not work together. I mean, yeah, they I've have heard, to. They have to have an agreement. Yeah. on how things are going to flow. Like, here's what yeah. I'm going to do for you. God showed me to help you, uh, Mr. Evangelist. You know, I'm I'm pastoring the church. I've been here for this long, and I care about these people, and I want to see success, but I would love to see, you know, new faces and see the church built up. So what do you need? How can I help you to be successful at accomplishing the purpose and the destiny and call on your life? And that should be the conversation that pastors initiate with evangelists. That, but the problem is most evangelists, they, they don't plant. They just want to go all over. And they, yeah, because they're called it. to go all over. But they need to have a home base to launch from. And if they they'll do. commit and not be governed by an orphan spirit, because they show up in different places and they'll oftentimes, because they carry a powerful anointing for the miraculous, they have a drawing effect that threatens the shepherds that are trying to hold in their sheep. And so yeah. the, the shepherds have to get to a place where they recognize these are not our sheep. They belong to God. We're not branding butts. We're not counting how many people are in the, in the, in the room because it, it, that, that's not success. Success isn't how many butts you have in seats. Success is am I doing what the Lord oh, is asking. Okay, now you've got a lot of all of those. You're definitely a teacher. You're definitely a pastor, and you're definitely an evangelist. So, uh, so you've got these perspectives on those. I've seen a, this. Is, I've seen this dynamic a lot of times. I'm not really an evangelist, although people get saved when we do our ministry. But I'm not the guy that's out there bringing them in off the street um, in my local area. But I've seen evangelists get hurt feelings and maybe rightfully so I'm, I'm and I'm going to ask you because you're all of those. Yeah. They bring, they keep bringing in the sheep, they keep bringing in the sheep and, and then eventually they get more and more discouraged and I'll go well, and I'll say, well, what's wrong? This is a time, years past when I last had this happen uh, and saw it happen. And I said, well, what's wrong? I've done all this and I bring all these people and they don't ask me to speak or share my testimony. They don't ask me to share miracles of what's happening in the street. They don't acknowledge that I'm here and that I'm doing anything. They don't even talk to me at church. Talk to me. Now, you're all of those. Talk about that dynamic and how that gets fixed. Yeah, I mean, I well, okay. First of all, the, the Lord actually told me, he says, Nathan, I have given you a grace to equip the saints in every category. Yeah. You'll train up apostles. You'll train up prophets. You will train up evangelists. You will train up pastors. You will train up teachers. And when I heard him say that, I thought, well, I can't be all five. And he says, no, he's 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 in us. He's Christ, the, the hope of glory. Yeah. He's the great apostle in the scripture. He's the mighty prophet. He's the great evangelist. No one even comes to him unless that the spirit would call them. So, so he's also known as 
uh, uh, rabbi, Rabboni, that's teacher, but he's also the good shepherds, right? The covenant with the, the, chi- the, the church. So, so Christ is, is the hope of glory, and he's all five of those things. Now, his spirit living in us, you think back at the gifts of the spirit. Remember how there's nine gifts, and it's yeah. by the one spirit, and another receives this, and by the same spirit, and another this, it, by the same spirit. Most people interpret that as you get one of these gifts and you if you're one you can't be another um you know when he asked me to start a church and i'd never done that before he was asking me to do the work of the apostle and and i thought well who am i you know to start a church like i don't know anything about that and the lord says i know i love that about you that you'll just do what i say and he says so i'm asking you yeah as your lord that I want you to start a church for the churches. And I said, why, why does the church need a church? And he said, because the church is sick and I want it healed. So I realized we would be a house of healing, bringing hope. And I was hoping to the nations, but we were focusing on our city and our region. Then we started doing all the unity events. And then we later we started having stadium events and seeing a lot of salvation. We were, our goal is to help you build up to, the local churches. So anyway, yeah. I want to, before you get too far away, because you're going, maybe you remember yeah. it now, that question, the, the evangelist is doing the work and all of a sudden he goes, they're not even paying attention to me. They don't ask me to speak. They don't ask me to share my miracle stories on the street. How does that get fixed? Tell, talk to either well, the pastor. Or there the has to be, uh, there has to be an agreement with the pastor and the evangelist. And if the a pastor and evangelist can sit down and have a conversation uh, about what we're going to do to work together, how are we going to work together? Now, I think pastors should really consider um, paying those evangelists that are in their house well, to do good. what they're naturally called to do. Put them on salary, put them, give them a blessing. They start bringing people in the doors or helping building your church honor that bless them bring them up front and and you know a lot of pastors don't want to do that because it's a risk because what if they get into sin and now they've just endorsed them and you know they don't want to fund rebellion and what if that guy's not perfect and none of them are right including the pastor including because there has to be a lot of grace right because it's like you know um i think there's a lot of pastors they're they're trying to determine what the liability is if they endorse certain individuals. Oh, wow. The Bible says, know, know who ministers among you. So you can't just you know lay hands on someone. Suddenly he's talking about putting them in a public uh, position of influence in that sphere or that metron. So you can't just put somebody in a seat and then you know you have to actually there has to be some oversight there has to be some deep um you know connection so there has to be a, a friendship where there's a, a trust established where you know that the person's not going to you know try to divide what you're working hard to build and i think a lot of pastors and evangelists Pastors have very little time because there's always demands, especially mm-hmm. as the church grows. Uh, there's more demands, and it's usually a lot of work is being done by just the the few people at the top, so to speak. So the pastor has to be intentional to carve out time in the busyness of the schedule in the ministry to take time to invest in the lives of the evangelists, so that the evangelists they don't have to be there every Sunday because they got to go out and win the masses. Yeah, that's but, good. Well, they, that's a good one right there. That, that was a mouthful right there because pastors would, <laughs> would say, "Well, of course they got to be here. I'm paying them on salary. Of course they got to be here at church." And you're gotta saying, let them no. go. That's a good point. That's you got to release them. That. You're saying that as a pastor. So your best evangelist, of course, you're a good evangelist too. Your best evangelist, you're not 
trying to make sure they're there on Sunday representing. Yeah, if if I have evangelists in in our church, I know the call of the evangelist. I mean, I know I am an evangelist. I'm 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 a lot of things. People ask me, well, do I call you prophet? Do I call you <laughs> apostle Nathan? Do I call you bishop? You know what I mean? And I say, no, just call me Nathan. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to get a title. What I've noticed in the church, if you give somebody a title too soon, they can tend to get their identity wrapped up into the title. Yeah. And then if you try to move them from one seat to another, because it's the will of God for a season to do that. And, and then all of a sudden they have an identity crisis because they saw themselves as I'm so-and-so and now I'm not. And then they feel demoted when really God's adjusting sometimes to promote. That's good. And but, you know, it's interesting that you said about paying evangelists. I'm trying to think, I don't know that many church setups, but I, that's pretty rare, isn't it? I, you don't normally you know, evangelists yeah. are living on their own or have a jobs where they're working part time and then they're supposed to be evangelists outside that. That's a really good thing. You mean that seriously. I mean it seriously. In fact, yeah. I, I would even say this, Steve, if, if you're watching this program and you are a talented evangelist, you've been vetted, you've been a part, you've, you're not afraid to plant somewhere and have a church base to launch out of. Come see me in, at the Rock Revival Center, and I'll wow. put you to work. I'll put you to work, and I will actually ask the Lord how we can start you on a salary that increases as the budget increases. Because you know what? Anyone who helps build the church should share in the reward. That's true. And that's why I love to bless the people who are helping us to build. Because it's not easy being a builder. Um, you know, I have more fun. I'm a revivalist. So I'm always thinking about revival. And, and that's what we've been seeing is just the revival of the Lord is really upon us. It's just intensifying week after week when I just think it can't be any better. And every time I've been saying that was the best gathering we have ever had. And everybody starts laughing because it was. That's, but yeah. it's funny. You know, it's like this is supposed to, to be from you're, you are to the event to that that you just described like Trump is. It's the biggest, it's best and ever. And you actually truly believe that, that the next one was just as bigger, was much bigger than the last one. That's that's your heart, isn't it? Oh, every time. And I'm actually <laughs> looking for the evidence that proves that to me because I'm seeing like an increase of the miracles. I'm seeing an increase of the intensity of the power of God. And I'm seeing an effortless kind of release from the Holy Spirit. And I'm having so much fun not having a perfect plan so I can allow for him to do what he wants. And my goodness, it is incredible. And, you know, but, Kim Clement used to say, and I'm going to ask you because you just said that. Kim Clement used to say to his even band, he says, I don't want it to be perfect. I don't want it to be flawless. And in whatever words he used, and he meant that he wanted it to be spirit led. You just yeah. said... What was what did you just say? Something like that a minute ago. You didn't want it to be perfect. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not looking for the perfect cookie cutter gathering where every little jot and tittle's in the right place. I actually prefer um, where there's a, just a yieldedness to the spirit. And so we train all of our leaders to walk in that sensitivity, uh, to appreciate and honor the presence of God, and to allow for Him to move things around. You know, last Sunday the Lord told me, uh, take the 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 worship leader this man and put him over here where he doesn't ever stand when he's leading worship and then bring this young lady over here and put her front and center instead of him. And I'm like, Lord, if I do that, he's going to get, he's going to probably have a problem with that. And, you know, moving things around at the last minute. And, and the Lord says, that's what I want you to do. And, and then I just said, okay. And then I just walked right over to him. They're practicing before the service, just before start time. 
And I said, hey, actually, John, I know you've been there for years, right front and center. We got to move you over here. Ellie, we need to move you right here up front. He wants you. You, Ellie, are leading the worship. John, you're supporting her. And that's how it's got to be. This is what God wants. And until we adjust this right now, we're not going to experience the greater glory. But as we're adjusting this and be flexible, because remember, the old wineskin, it got brittle. It got hard. And when it started to flex, it would break. And all the new wine and the new thing got God's doing started to burst and get wasted, and we are not wasting this new wine. God's pouring in new wine in a new wine skin, and it is flexible, moldable, shapeable, prodable, pokeable, adjustable. And, and that was so powerful. And all of a sudden, bodies are laying out everywhere. The power of God hits, and people are just shaking like bacon, and the glory of God's landing. And I realized it was because I, I was willing to face the fear of man, not worried about if somebody's offended. I have to do what God says. That's the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. And when we step into that, greater glory comes upon the church. Adjust what needs to be adjusted. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Yeah, talk about things that I've learned from you. I've learned uh, more about obedience than uh, probably you and Kat Kerr are the most that I I learn about obedience because you'll do the hard thing. You got to ask you to do hard things. Same thing, same thing to her. And then he moves on it. By the way, and so how is our friend that was sitting there in the middle? Is he? Did he get a? Oh well, yeah, he's fine. I mean, he's fine. But at first, you know, it was like, whoa, did I do something wrong? And of course, I encouraged him, and I was truth in love. This is what God asked me to to do, and I'm not gonna. I mean, you know, I didn't want to do it. I already felt like the Lord was saying that you need to adjust this. You need to address this. I didn't want to do it. Steve, because I love this guy, John. Yeah. And he's a faithful servant and he's he's a friend. And I don't want to ruffle any feathers unnecessarily, sure. but man, God pressed me to where I had to do it, or I would have been in disobedience. And I would yeah. rather uh, face the, the the fears or the tensions around people's preferences and opinions and, and know that I'm pleasing God than to, to to just leave it alone and then have it stay the same. You know, when God grows us, it's like a muscle. If you don't beat your muscles up in the gym, they don't get strained. That's then you true. don't have the soreness and then you don't have the growth. So you almost have to get sore before you can get growth when it comes to muscles. And faith is the same way. You exercise faith by stepping out and continuing to just go after whatever God's asking you to do. And I love that he is able to show us. And the people I know that have learned to hear God the best, I believe they're one of the secrets, I believe, for me is that I actually want to do what he says before I've heard from him. And because that's half of it, having your heart right is, you know, you're going to hear God much better if you already are fully persuaded that his plans are good and that he wants to prosper you. Why would you want to mess up a prosperous plan doing it your way? You're going to do it his way. You're going to listen for him with a heart posture that wants to be directed by him. And then he will speak all day long. And you practice that trial and error. Sometimes yeah, you yeah, let, me ask you, you, let me ask that because you just said trial and error. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. So there are people hearing you. You sometimes you you use the word obedience. Other times you were you say you do what he wants. But there are people Guilt. who are still learning to hear, and they're not even sure they're hearing, but they want to obey. Talk about that for a minute. Where they're not clear that they're hearing, but they certainly want to obey. Give give them some some teach okay. them on that. Well, you have to be fully convinced. I have become fully persuaded. Like I am. The Bible says Jesus had his face against the cross like a flint. 
That means he was so pressed into his assignment that he's like, I don't want to do this, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be be done, Father. So he's going to the cross. His face is pressed into the the wood like a flint. I mean, just pressed in. He's not just kind of like, okay, Lord, well, let's see, Father, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know if I want to die. No, he's pressed in. He's intentional. He's like, Father, you know, I don't want to do this, but if it's your will, I'm doing it. And he's going for it, even though he knows it's going to cost him everything to give us that the keys. And so I'm just like, you know, if if Jesus would do all that for me, then who am I to not want to respond in like manner and just do what he says? And so I got to a place where I just said, Lord, I don't want to live for me. I'm going to live for you. I, I don't want it. I don't want to just do things and just be religious and just kind of go through the motions. Like, I want to be all in, sold out, like whatever you want to do, God, I just say yes to you. And I really try to do that every day. Like wake up in the morning. Good morning, Lord. How are you? What would you like to do today? And like, he's my friend that sticks close to the brother. So I'm, I'm starting the day out with acknowledging that then he makes the path straight. I'm abiding. So he makes the lamp bright unto my feet. So following the spirit becomes easy hearing his voice. Yeah. I've noticed you hear better when you're already in motion. Because it's easier to move a car that's in motion. If you try to steer your car, the old, with no power, the power of the Holy Ghost is what makes it easy. If you don't have power steering in the spirit, if you don't have the power, you can't turn the wheel. It's hard to be directed. You got to have the power of the Holy Ghost. And so the power is what makes the steering easy. But have you ever noticed the old cars that if you get to driving and, and, and you know, then your wheel will turn if you didn't have power steering. But if, if you, if you have power steering, it'll turn even when you're not yet in motion. So there's something about God showed me if people would just get into motion and begin to move in the direction of the will that they'd actually start unlocking greater revelation, more hearing and clarity would come. They would they would come out of fear, come out of, you know, confusion because he's not the author of confusion. And all of a sudden this clarity comes where you're pressed in to the call of the kingdom and you're able to speak what the father wants said and people are getting blessed and unlocked and chains are being broken. And, and, you know, the the vision of God begins to become clear. So, so, so good. Well, uh, Nathan, this is really, yeah, you're preaching it today. You really are. Um, Okay. We got 10 minutes. Let's, let's uh, minister to people. Let's pray because people are going to get healed. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now. We, we thank you right now that you are the healer who heals. There's a lot of people that are going to be yes, healed. Lord. My yes, goodness. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call out words of knowledge that the Lord gives. And if it, if this speaks to a condition that you have or a situation, uh, you just begin to thank God. Say, Lord, that word's for me, and I receive it. So you own that word. To agree on a thing that's established in the Spirit. And then you begin to move your body around to test it out. It's the testing when you start moving it around. If it hurt before, you test it. And if you notice there's any increase uh, or a decrease of pain, then you start to notice if, if the pain starts to go away, begin mm. to thank God. Not just thank you, God, once and you're done, but Lord, mm. thank you, you're healing me. God, thank you by your stripes, I'm yeah. healed. Lord, thank you that that was a word for me. Lord, I thank you, I'm getting better and better. And begin to partner with the prophetic as it's called out, the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and God will heal you, uh, I'm convinced. And so, and, and uh, oh, shaka mm. rabasam. Okay, ready? Um, I, I'm, I saw feet as we were just starting the show. I was seeing people's feet 
uh, one lady, she's sitting in a chair and her feet were kind of tingling at the bottom of her feet, like bubbling up. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I want to give you territory, but I just need you to get moving. And so something about you just getting up off your chair, out of your chair and start to move and thank God for what he's going to do, because he's going to give you territory. And the, there's an anointing on feet, especially as we're stepping into 2023. Now, the beginning of a brand new year, he wants territory takers to see the vision of God and begin to move towards the call of the Lord. Just like I did when the Lord said, I want you to go to the ocean, leave tomorrow morning. I'm going to show you a building. And now we now we've purchased the building. It was supernatural. We bought the school. How did that happen? Well, I just followed the spirit. I heard an instruction and I simply did what God asked me to do. Now we own the building and there's a government agency trying to come against us and they're giving us a hard time and they just sent us a $10,000 fine. So I started going, Lord, what's this? I mean, did I hear you right? And he's like, yeah, you heard me right. It's just the enemy hates that you're obeying me and he wants to try to stop you, but I'm actually going to train you that when he messes with you, I defend you and he'll wish that he never even stepped foot in your direction. And so you know that the territory, you might have some giants in the land, but you go step on that ground and you say, this shall be property of the of the king of all kings. I'm, I'm going to own this for the Lord and I'm going to operate from a position of oversight. And maybe he's calling you to do that. But I feel like God's going to give houses, lands, uh, buildings. I mean, we just bought our first building. We're looking for another building in Tacoma right now. We're actually searching because our church is full and we're trying to get more wow. space. So we got to move. Plus the bathroom is broke and we need to be able, when the enemy comes <laughs> in like a flood, God shall raise a standard against him. Amen. So God's healing feet. Now, there's somebody with a shoulder issue. God just says, raise your shoulder and begin to thank God. He's healing the, the shoulders. The whole rotator cuff is being restored on the right side. Also, somebody with hearing issue. I see a left ear, and God says, I'm turning up the volume to your hearing, and you will hear and you will not be dull of hearing. And, you, you know, some people, because their hearts are hardened against God, they have to get healed in their hearts to to restore the damage of hope deferred, but also hearts that have been hardened. Uh, you know, God wants to take out the heart of stone, put in a new heart of flesh that you can begin to feel again and respond to him with sensitivity uh, to the leading of the spirit. Uh, somebody else been having migraines. The Lord's healing you. You're, there's a lady there, Steve, that God's healing uh, the, the migraine. He says, it's not your grain. It's migraine. Just hand it over to me. How do you do that? You say, I, I loose this, you know, bind and loose. He said, just, just loose this to me. Loose Loose the migraines to say, God, I, I give you the grain, take the migraine, and, and I, I receive that you've paid for me to be whole and healthy. Uh, some of you, you, you've been dehydrating yourself, drinking lots of coffee, and not drinking enough water. And the Lord says, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You're going to need your voice to proclaim the good news, which is my gospel. Um, also, I'm seeing somebody with their hips, uh, Steve. I see the Lord actually putting his hands, his own hands on wow. hips. So I release angels go, angels go, angels go. And, and I see the Lord putting his own hands on the hips and God's healing hips right now. So hip, 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 hooray. hip, 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 hip. <laughs> I just see him healing the hips. And so somebody's being healed of hips. Be sure you comment, give us feedback. We want to hear. And by the way, some of you have been sending me messages uh, and I'm grateful about your healing stories. Uh, make sure you also send those to Steve because Steve collects them in a database. Um, and thank you for doing that. We love hearing these stories. Please keep sending uh, us 
you know, these testimonies because we build um, the faith of other people by hearing what God's doing for you. And so um, also there's a lady that has a right leg that is shorter on the right side than the left side. And the Lord's growing that out. If you'll just sit in your chair and put your heels out in front of you and just say, thank you, Lord, you're growing out that leg to match the other one and begin to thank God. And you'll see it actually move before your eyes, even though no one's there to pray uh, for you. But I see that I'm praying right now and the spirit is moving on your your body to shift your spine and even to lengthen the shorter leg. So that's true what's happening. So Father, we bless that in Jesus yeah. name. Uh, also there's, I see a lady that's been sitting at her computer and also watching movies at night, sitting up in bed, but she's sitting at where she's straining her neck and the Lord says, I'm healing your neck, but I need you to improve your posture. And so uh, Lord, we bless uh, that neck. We, and you're not a pain in the neck in Jesus name. <laughs> we break the curse of the pain in the neck. And we command the pain to go in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm seeing digestive uh, issues, and I'm seeing that the Lord's adding enzymes by the Spirit, and He's healing. Uh, Somebody's got a lactose intolerance. God's taking that. Um, Also, somebody has food allergies, and so we break any curse related to the uh, food allergies or irritable bowel syndromes. We just say, that is under the blood, and we cancel the curse that was proclaimed over you, and we speak over you that your digestive system will function normally from this moment on in the mighty name of Jesus. He's doing it. Just say, yes, God, I receive it if that's you, and he's healing you because he's good. Amen? Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah. Hey, now, Nathan, um, tell people anything you want to tell them about upcoming events, your website, anything. Okay. So here's some things you should write down. If you could write down, uh, awaken the planet. We have a scheduled stadium event. We are going to be doing one in Phoenix. It it turns out this year we'll be planning a Phoenix awaken the planet. Um, but we also have one scheduled for Tacoma. And so be sure to check the awaken the planet website for information. You can secure your spot. Uh, well, well, you know, the, I don't want to say that while supplies are limited, but you know, there is limited seating. I I don't know if it's 3000, 4,000, I don't know. But anyway, uh, go if you want information about our stadium, our unity event. Uh, pastors will be coming in from all over the world. In the past, we've had you know great speakers. We've had incredible, like uh, Cindy Jacobs came. I love Cindy. We had Sean Foyt. We had uh, Jake Hamilton. We had uh, you know just a lot of. We had some pastors from other countries, Brazil and Asia and Canada, and it was so fun. We had some of these pastors lead sessions of prayer to kind of crack things open, and the gatekeepers. I think we had over a hundred and twenty. Uh, you know, ministry presidents and senior pastors. And so we had such a big turnout of of the um, leadership in the body of Christ that we're so excited to do it again. And we are doing it again this year. I don't remember the date. So check out awakentheplanet.com. Also, there's a special offer. Um, Yeah, if it's on there, my personal ministry, if you are calling or if you're sending invitation for me to come and speak at your church, your event, your venue, um, that's awesome. I love to say yes to whatever God says yes to. I can't say yes to everything. I think we are able to do about one out of every seven invitations that we actually go to. I've just been preaching in Florida. Uh, I was at West Palm Beach at the river, and then I preached over on the other side in Naples. I ministered in Naples, but here's what um, here's what God is doing. He's He's um, having us give away all three of these books. Some of you already have these books. This is the first one. It's not meant to be a secret. New monthly partners, we're doing this to the end of January. You get this book for free. It's not meant to be a secret. The second issue is Rushing the Floodgates of Heaven. You get this book for free. 
and then and they're they're fat books. There's just a lot of incredible content. This is the latest one. It's called One: The Power of Unity. And I know you will be absolutely blessed. These books are incredible and they're absolutely free. I'm going to give you all three books just for signing up at NathanFrenchMinistries.com. You go on there and just say, hey, I want to partner with the ministry and you can connect to the grace that's on it. And I, I obviously we, we support many ministries and I love to sow into other evangelistic type ministries because I'm a harvester. And so I'm I'm thinking mass crusade evangelism. How can we stock the churches with people and how can we get people saved and developed and discipled in a healthy culture? And that's our heart. That's what we're doing. We've been doing this for many years and with your support and with all of our uh, helpers and, and monthly partners, we honor and we pray for you daily. And I know many of you are having awesome breakthroughs and this will be a year like no other. Uh, just awesome. just know that your time with God in the morning is really crucial. But get these books if you don't have them already. You can gift them to other people who want to hear God's voice, and you will learn to hear God's voice very, very clearly. And this is like an unlock. He'll tell you what. In, in this book, it unlocks the, the door to hearing the voice of God by identifying what the blockers are and what the activators are. You get the blockers out of your ears. It's like cotton coming out of your ears. And the activators, and you will hear God like clearly. I know you will. And people ask me all the time, what's the secret to hearing God? There's layers to the onion. And you really need to learn from somebody who actually is hearing God and not from somebody who doesn't actually have the confidence to hear God outside of the Bible. I read the Bible quite a bit, but I talk to the Lord. He's the God of the Bible. And so I'm getting Rhema, Logos, written, spoken, and we all need both in order to clearly hear the voice of God. So. That's a little plug. All right. All right. Nathan, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was awesome. You, Like I said, you're, pre- you're preaching up a storm today in rare form. It was so, so, so good. I'm excited to announce to our people now that we do have Robin Bullock coming on tomorrow. Special, you know, we used to have him once a week, and now he can, because he's so busy, now we only get him when we get him. So we get him tomorrow. So do not miss Robin Bullock tomorrow, Amen. Uh, which is Friday. Don't miss it. Be there, be square, I guess is the same God bless you, everyone. Thanks for listening and enjoying. I certainly entered into this thing big time. Uh, We love you guys. Thank you. We'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great day. See you soon. God bless you, Steve. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.